Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say principles. God works by principle. And when we break the principle of God, we have to then live according to the miracles of God. When we break God's principle, we need God to come through with a miracle. And God is a God of miracles, but God would rather move through his principle than have to change the laws he's established and move through a miracle. Say it again, Pastor. Because we keep breaking his financial law, his spiritual law, his relational laws, and then we keep ending up in these situations, and then we ask God to do a miracle to get us out of it. But we keep breaking the principles that God's established, and God has established these principles in order for us to succeed in life. So today I want to lay down some principles for us to success, not just in 2018, but in whatever you do. That if you operate according to these principles, you'll begin to see success in every aspect of your life. How many want to prosper in 2018? How many can use a little more month? Let me rephrase that. How many run out of money before you run out of month? How many could use a little more finances in 2018? How many could use a little more health in 2018? How many can use some more business wisdom in 2018? Amen. How many of you could use some uh, relational wisdom in 2018? Someone has their hands and feet up right now. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible tells us, God is speaking to Joshua and telling Joshua as Joshua's getting ready to take over for Moses. Now, Moses is the greatest leader to ever live. And God used Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, but then bring them into the promised land. Listen very closely. God will never take you out of something without having a plan to take you into something. Let me say that again. God will never take you out of something unless he's planning to take you into something else. And many of us have been brought out of addiction, brought out of our past, brought out of the world, and now we haven't gone into anything. You are wasting the out of God when you don't step into anything as a result. Because God always brings you out of something with the plan to bring you in. It's not about getting your ticket to heaven and then just waiting for Jesus to come. You have each been given a mandate, a problem, a remedy You are the answer, the solution to a situation here on earth. That's why you were created. Every one of you is a key to a lock that only you can open. God designed you in that manner. And so Joshua's going to step in to lead these people to do what Moses, the greatest leader, wasn't able to do. Listen, I want you to understand. God doesn't choose you based on his ability. He chooses you based on his calling on his qualification. He chose Joshua to bring them in to do what Moses couldn't. There's a Joshua generation about to be risen up right now. And it doesn't have an age. Listen to me. 
It's not about a certain age limit. There's a move of God that he's going to bring upon our young people. There's a move of God that that God's about to breathe upon our elders as well. It's not gender specific. It's not based on generation. There's a move of God that's about to take place. But we have to be willing to step into it. And what's he tell them? Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. I'm here to tell someone right now that you have been given a mandate, but you've been scared. You've been afraid to take a step up, but God's saying, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which my Moses servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may what? Come on. How many want to prosper? Somebody say amen. Amen. Wherever you go. That this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Someone say meditate. Meditate. You've been thinking more about your problems than the word. You've been meditating on your issue more than you have the word of God. And he goes on and says this, day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Ask your neighbor to your left or to your right, do you want to prosper in 2018? What God was giving Joshua, the question was simply this. Joshua, if you don't turn to the left or to the right from the principles of God, the commandments of God, then your way will be prosperous and you will have good success. How many know there's a such thing as bad success? There's a success that will destroy your marriage. There's a success that will destroy your family. There's a success that will destroy your sobriety. There's a success that will get you off track. But when you do things according to the principles of God, you will not only enjoy success, but it will be good success. A success that will strengthen your marriage, strengthen your family, strengthen your walk with God, and it will bless people around you as well. If your success only blesses you, you have not truly experienced experience success that's a good place to clap you can clap there that's all right that was a weak clap so just don't clap okay everyone say principle see God works according to principle and the word principle means first rule when we talk about a prince it's the first person in line to take over after the king principle is the first rule And everything in in this world has been established by principles. And a principle is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as a foundation. Everyone say foundation. For a system of beliefs or behaviors or for a chain of reasoning. So before we do anything in life, there there are principles that things are founded on. And Genesis gives us these principles. And what God's telling uh, Joshua, Joshua, if you obey the principles of God, your way will be prosperous and you will succeed. I'm here to tell you, CWC, if you obey the principles of God, your way will be prosperous in everything that you do. Somebody say amen. So Genesis gives us a a picture of 
what these principles are and how they start, how to be successful. And I want you to write these down because these are, these are valuable. These are things. Take notes on your phone. Don't be on social media unless you're posting something we say, all right? But I want you to see this. Genesis gives us a start for these principles. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. Notice this. First scripture says, when God began, the living Bible says, when God began. Second, New Living Translation says, in the beginning, God. When we look at the message version, it says, first this, God. What's the one thing you see in each one of those starting points? God. Every one of those things starts with God. No matter what version it is, it all starts with God. I want you to recognize today, principle number one, everything starts with God. Say it again, Pastor. Everything starts with God. God is the foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. Listen, God is not a core value. God is your core. He's not a value that you believe in. God is not a, it's just a, 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 a something that I believe in or something that I do. God is someone that is the foundation. He is the cornerstone of everything we do. I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It says this, for everything, someone say everything. everything. Absolutely everything. If I have everything of the pie, how much do you have? If I have everything, how much do you have? None, right? So everything includes everything, right? For everything, absolutely everything, Paul says, he he reiterates it just in case you missed it the first time. Above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything, he he reiterates it again, started in him and finds its purpose in him. Everything starts with God. Miles Monroe says this, that if you had met God before of all of creation on the corner of nothing and nowhere, you would have met everything. Because God created everything. And so if you have God and you start with God, you can lose your house, your car, your business, your relationships, your your integrity, your, your family. But if you have God, you still have everything. Because everything starts with God. Everything. God is the starting point. God's not your resolution. Well, this year, I want, I want to get closer to God. Well, good for you. Congrat- I, this year, I want to get closer to... Well, congratulate. God's not a resolution. God's a priority. He, he becomes a center point of your life. This God, this is what, who I want to be. God, I'm making you a priority in my life. I'm here to tell you, everything starts with God. Everything has its beginning in God. And if you place God as number one in your life in 2018, I guarantee you this. If you start with God before you start that relationship, if you start with God before you start that business, if you start with God before you start that ministry, everything will work out when you start with God First, come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Second principle I want you to see is this. You got to spend your words wisely. Your words are currency. The words you use are your currency. And the things we speak become a reality. And so we got to spend our words wisely. You look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it says this. And then God 
said, according to the New Living Translation, and God said, according to the New King James Version, and God spoke according to the message. Each one of these, God is saying something. God is speaking something. And I need you to understand that at the very beginning, it says, in the beginning, God. If you've heard me share this before, the first thing God created was not the heavens and the earth. The first thing God created was time. Beginnings. God created beginnings first because God exists outside of time, but he created time so that mankind would have an understanding of when he does things, the process. That's why God could look at a broke you, a lost you, a messed up you, a confused you, a sinful you, and call you a saint. Because God doesn't see the broke down you that you are in the process. God sees the completed you that he had in mind when he created you. Because God is not stuck in time. God sees the, oh, somebody got to grab a hold of this right now. You are so caught up in your process, not realizing who God has intended you to be. He's already formed you and called you, and he's called it out of you in that space that you're at right now. God sees the completed, the finished. He sees the whole you, not the broken pieces you. Somebody say amen. Then he goes, and and the earth was without form, void, and in darkness. I've said this so many times, and and I don't know how many times, but the earth is without form, which means there's there's chaos. Without form, void, it means there's no no, uh, division, there's no order in it, and it was in darkness. And the Spirit of God is hovering over the, over the deep. So without form, void, and in darkness, yet the presence of God is there, right? That tells me that you can have the presence of God somewhere and still be without form, void, and in darkness. You could sing in the choir and be without form, void, and in darkness. You could be sitting in church every week and be without form, void, and in darkness. It's not until you get to Genesis 1-3 where God says, God said. It's not until the word of God hits your spirit. It's not until the word of God comes alive in your life. It's not until the word of God goes from a page, something written in a page of a book, and becomes life to you where it's spoken to your spirit. That's why many come in week after week after after week. It doesn't matter how many conferences you go to, how many sermons you hear. It's not until the word goes from something that you hear with your ear, then hear it with your heart. When it gets to your heart, it changes you. See, I want you to understand, God never wastes an idea or a syllable. God doesn't waste a word. In fact, I want you to understand that the word of God became the foundation and the framework for all of creation. For everything that we see, it became, God's word became the foundation. And he tells Joshua this, this book of the law shall not depart from your what? From your what? Your mouth. So in other words, you say, not just your mind, not just your heart. Don't let it depart from your mouth. In other words, I don't want you just to think about the word. I don't want you just to know the word. I want you to speak the word. Let this word speak. When someone cuts you down, let the word come out of you. When someone speaks negatively, let the word come out of you. When someone begins, doesn't believe in your dream, let the word come out of you. Don't let it depart from your mouth. You see, I need you to understand something that is so important, that God is intentional. 
Everything God does, he does it with intention. He does it on purpose. You see, do you understand that's why God can't lie? God, God can't lie not because he's too holy. God can't lie because he's too powerful. If God tried to lie, he couldn't. Some of you are, you're not following me on this. Let me explain this. God can't lie, not because he's incapable of it or because he's too sinless. He's too powerful. He has too much authority. And so if God were to say the sky is black, all of creation would begin to move and molecules would begin to shift and atoms would come into agreement with whatever God says and that would become a reality. God can't lie because he has so much authority that whatever he speaks is going to come about. Do, do you realize that when God created mankind, he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion, power, rulership, authority. That when God formed you, he gave you that same ability over your environment, over your atmosphere. The same way God creates by the spoken word, you create the atmospheres and the environments that your family is dealing with right now. So when forgiveness isn't active in your family, the home, you walk in, you can feel the tension, right? You walk into some places, you can feel the joy. You walk into some places, you can feel the sadness. Why? It's because of the atmospheres that have been developed by the words that have been spoken. And Jeremiah 29, 11, you know this, for I know what I'm doing. Come on, somebody. God's telling you, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you a future you hope for. You see... We create like God with the words that we use. Now, listen very closely as I bring this part to a close. Recognize, we got to stop speaking. We have to stop speaking against what God is trying to build in your life. And many times what we end up doing is we begin to, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I ain't never going to get out of debt. I ain't never going to be in shape. You know, this family ain't never going to be together. This family's always going to have issues. This family, you know what? We're never going to start that business. You know what? We're never going to be able to, to, to be free. We're never going to own a house. We're ever going to own a car. We're never going to do this. We're never going to do that. We're, we're, we're just this. We're just that. We're never going to accomplish this. We're never going to accomplish that. You, because every time you release those words, you are creating framework, a greenhouse for those negativity things to grow in your life. Because you create like God does. And so every time we speak a negative word, we are releasing another part of framework by which we are developing an atmosphere that our dreams will either die or grow in. Our family will either die or grow in. Because everything we speak 
becomes an atmosphere that we live. I don't know about you, but I hate the cold. That's why I live in California. Come on, somebody. My wife's from Colorado. And we went out there when her, her dad passed away. And we were driving from her house to the airport. And there was so much snow on the freeway that you only had the tire where, where the cars would go. Only the tire marks were, were open. You even had snow in between the tire wells. As, and if you wanted to change lanes, you had to change lanes through about a foot of snow. You'd have to cut through in order. And I hadn't driven in snow. I was scared to death. I'll never go back during that time. See, that, that environment isn't conducive for me to grow. That's not an environment. I don't like to be cold. That's not an environment that's conducive to certain things that happen in my life. And so there's many of you right now that you're trying to grow love in your marriage, but you can't because you haven't developed the atmosphere. You're trying to develop forgiveness, but you haven't developed the atmosphere. And that's why you come to church and you feel so free. Things are so good. Yet you enjoy the atmosphere here. And the moment you get back in your car, you walk back into Antarctica where nothing grows. And it's all based on the words that you speak. Spend your words wisely in 2018. Begin to speak your dreams into being. Number three. Everyone say number three. Get things in order. Let, let, me, let me take you somewhere with this. In Genesis 3, or 1, 3 says this. Then God said, let there be light. And there was what? I want you to, I'm going to take you through this. Let's, let's take a look. How many, in Genesis chapter 1, we see the creation of the world. Day 1, God creates the heavens and the earth in light. Okay? Foundation. Lays the foundation. Next day, God develops or creates. After that, the, the sky and the ocean. He separates them and gets those in order. Day 3, the third thing that we see is that God then creates the plant life and, and dry land. Or dry land, then the plant life. Because you can't have plants without dry land, right? Okay, so then day four, he creates the sun, the stars, and the moon and everything. Then day five, we see flying creatures and sea creatures. Then day six, God creates animals and then mankind. And then on the seventh day, he what? He re- you guys knew about that one, huh? But I want you to notice this. If God really loved us, why didn't he create us first? What was that? Get everything in order. The what? Atmosphere. atmosphere. If he would have created us first, we would have died. There was no atmosphere. There was no. We, we, he create, blew in breath into Adam and then Adam croaks. Then he had to blow breath into Adam again and then he dies. There was no atmosphere for Adam to be sustained. See, listen to me. When we do things out of order, everything God did the previous day laid the foundation for what God did the next day. And then the next day, it laid the foundation for the next day. So as he created the heavens and the earth, now he had a place after creating the heavens and the earth to bring forth dry land and to bring about water. Then he had a place now to plant the plants that he was about to create. Then that oxygen created an atmosphere when he created the stars, the sky, and and, the, and these, um, the sun. And then the next day when he creates the animals and so forth. Everything, the oxygen created an atmosphere by which we could live and breathe. Everything God did, it was predicated upon a foundation he had laid before. Listen to me. Many of you want the right things. 
There's nothing wrong with the things you want. Marriage, you want relationships, a family, kids, you want, you want a business, you want success. There's nothing wrong with those things, but you're getting it out of order. That's why relationships keep dying, because you haven't developed a foundation that can sustain a marriage. You still want it all about yourself, but you're just tired of being lonely. Marriage, you don't get married because you're lonely. You don't have a kid because you just want to have a kid, but you're still selfish. You got to make sure you've laid the foundation for these things. And there's so many things that we're trying to do, but we're trying to do it without laying the proper environment and foundation first. Get things in order in 2018, and you will begin to find that it will be easier to bring about the things that you want in life. Come on, somebody say amen. See, we end up wasting the seeds we plant when the land hasn't been prepared. It's not that the seeds aren't good. It's just that you haven't prepared the land for what it is that you're, that you're trying to get, get done. You've got to get things in order. Worship team, if you would help me. Last thing is principle four. Everyone say finally. I mean, say four. Four. I'm sorry. You got to know when to rest. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Heaven and earth were, sta- were, were finished and down to the last detail. See, many of us are trying to rest, but we haven't done nothing. So, some, of y'all, some of y'all have, you, you, you work one day and take six days off. It's not God's way. Work is not part of the curse. Do you understand that God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife? You ain't got a job, you don't, just, you don't need a wife. And ladies, if he ain't got a job, you shouldn't be considering being with him. Because God gave Adam a job and a house or a place to live before he gave him a wife. But the job was given before they fell. Work is not a curse. Well, I'm, I'm living under grace now. I'm no longer under the curse. Well, good for you, but work is not a curse. God created everything to do something. God didn't create laziness. God created everyone to do something, to fill a role, to, to add value, to make something happen. And so I want you to see here, it says, when he finished down to the last detail, by the seventh day, God finished all his work, and on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and he made it a holy day because on that day he rested from all his work and all creating God had done. Now, this is the establishment of what we know as the Sabbath. Now, in the Jewish culture, the Sabbath starts on Friday night and goes until Saturday when the sun goes down. You see, a new day in the Jewish culture doesn't start at midnight It starts the moment the sun goes down. So tonight wouldn't be Sunday night. Tonight, when the sun goes down, would be Monday night. And that would, tomorrow would be Monday morning. And then when the sun goes down tomorrow, it would be Tuesday night. Are you following me? So in the Jewish culture, the new day started when the sun went down. That's deep because some of you think that when the sun goes down in your life and you start going through some problems, that that's the end of something. That's the beginning. 
It's in your night season that things begin to happen in your life. It's in the night season that you start something new. It's when the sun goes down that new things are about to happen. You don't grow during the easy times. It's in the times where it gets dark that all of a sudden a new thing is beginning to be released in your life. It's in the down times in life. It's in your troubles that you grow. It's when when you get in the weight room. It's the resistance that helps you grow. Sabbath was a religious day of observance or adherence from work. And it was kept by the Jews from Friday evening to Sunday evening. And Christians, though, we we celebrate not the Sabbath on Saturday. We do it on Sunday. And the reason why is because traditionally Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday morning. And so we went from the Sabbath to the Lord's day. The principle is the same. And even Paul says, whether you do it on Saturday or whether you do it on Sunday, just do it. Just find a time to thank God for what he's done. And I need you to understand as I close this morning, we got to learn how to rest. But we got to learn how to rest in God. I don't mean just chill, kick back, put our feet up. That's not what I'm talking about. That's good. But when I say rest, we have to learn how to trust in God. We need to learn how to rest in God. We need to learn how to stop working and say, God, I trust you that when I not work today, that God, you're going to provide for my needs tomorrow. That I trust you that I don't have to be so busybodied and take care of this and that I know that you're still working in fact when the Jews came out of Egypt they were slaves and there were no days off for slaves no Sabbath for a slave and so when they came out Moses gives them this thing called the Sabbath which blew their minds Because as a slave, you don't work, you don't eat. And Moses tells these slave mentality people, chill on one day. Trust God, he's going to take care of you. I'm here to tell some slave mentality people this morning. Chill. Relax. God's going to take care of you. If you belong to him, he's going to take care of you. Well, you know what? I'm struggling. I got to hustle. I got to, you know, I appreciate the work ethic, but you need to take one time, one day to rest and acknowledge what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will continue to do. See, the principle is to take one day and just focus on what God's doing. Mark 2, 28 says this, and Jesus said, the Sabbath was made To meet the needs of the people. God created the Sabbath for you, not for him. He says, you need rest. Jesus said, my father is still working. In fact, Jesus went beyond when he kept healing people on the Sabbath. He kept breaking the Sabbath in order to do good things. What Jesus was showing is that God is still working today. God will break his own rules to meet your need. God will break his own things in order to make sure that your needs are met. I'm here to tell you that the Sabbath was created for your benefit. So take advantage. Learn how to rest in God. Learn how to find your peace in God. So my question to you is this as we close. How would your life be different this year if you started with God? Spent your words wisely. Got things in order. 
and you learn to rest. How does your life look different? Thank you, Andrew. Bow your heads right where you are for a moment. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.